you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's McKinnon in motion. There's Kelsey. There's a touchdown, Kansas City. Now third and five. Another blitz. Hurts takes it right up the gut. Touchdown, Eagles. And if Jalen Hurts was touched on that run to the end zone, it wasn't much. That was well handled. Second down and 10. Good protection aired out. Valdez Scantling dropped it. Patrick Mahomes is one of the very great quarterbacks in the history of the sport. Uh, but tonight was another reminder that even a magnificent signal caller cannot do it alone. He needs help. I'm talking to you, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but you're not alone. Mahomes and the Kansas City offense once again go silent in the second half, one of the truly weird factoids of this 2023 season and it allows the Eagles to take a 21-17 win in Arrowhead behind two Jalen Hurts touchdowns including one in the fourth quarter that put them ahead for good the Super Bowl rematch lived up to the hype Dan Hans is here with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler and Mark yeah the Eagles they deserve all the credit in the world but what people are going to be talking about when they wake up tomorrow uh, is the Chiefs and their inability to support this great quarterback and the wide receivers that got them beat. If you remember, it feels like a million years ago, got them beat in week one against the Lions with all those drops by Kadarius Tony. Happened again in primetime here, and it continues to be a major subplot of this season. Yep, it counted tonight in a big way. You know, they've been so good at working their way out of jams. And, and I came out of the first half thinking that Andy Reid and his creativity and his ability to work around some of their weaknesses in a tough weather game. Uh, they ran for like 121 yards, looked like they were just going to dominate both sides of the line. And I, I think for me that the, the floor started to fall in. Um, in the third quarter, it was 17-7. to The Chiefs are in control. They're, they're driving, and there is a pass from Mahomes to, just, to Justin Watson, who's meant to be on a go route, and he runs sort of a winding hesitant path and it goes over it's it's well over his head it's a bad route by Justin Watson had a had they had a true deep threat it would be 24 to 7 at that point and I think at that point the game changes and off they're off and running and the MVS thing later on it's like they they lack an element to their offense you had a couple drops from Travis Kelsey in this as well and they just got put into a, a huge fumble they, by Charles uh, by Kelsey and, and too. a huge fumble and it's like the Eagles you know you this was already an, an immense challenge for them even at home and to let them back into the game, um, I think exposed exactly what you said. They're missing elements in this offense, and it allowed Philadelphia to come back, get in the comfortable position, and start to do what you knew they were going to do if they had enough time, which is make a couple big plays and turn it around. Right. The, the receiver issue, 
for the Eagles, I mean, the, the Chiefs this season, is getting to like an insane level, but it's not just the receivers. It's Mahomes a little bit, huge red zone turnover tonight, and he's had just a couple surprising interceptions. It's pre-snap penalties. They're, they're among the league leaders in that. They were second worst in the NFL in second half scoring this year. And I'm with you. I was impressed by the, the first half game plan and everything like that. I'm losing my voice. I apologize, guys. But when MVS drops that pass late, you think it, it's over after Patrick Mahomes gets the intentional grounding after the quick pressure on fourth and 25. And then Mahomes throws an even better pass on fourth down and Justin Watson drops that. Watson had three massive drops. How many times tonight did they go to Watson in a huge spot? And I'm thinking Justin Watson was Tom Brady's number six receiver in Tampa. And he's acting like the one here. And Travis Kelsey had a, had a terrible night. I know he had a couple catches on that final drive, but he had that fumble. There was a play that called for him to jump in the air and he got like about as high off the ground as Vince Wolfork could. Like it was like, it was a night where I, I saw those quotes from Travis Kelsey today that said he's thinking about retirement because of all the, you know, the damage done to his body. And I thought watching him tonight, it's like, I get it. He's been through a lot and, and you do feel like they're just they're just spackling it together, even though they look like the better team, Dan, for most of the night. That's why I'm not panicking about this team because they did outgain the Eagles by 100 and they look like the better team. But it's just something's funky here. It's interesting. Yeah. the And I agree with you on, on Kelsey. And we talk, we've been talking about it all year. But what really – they won the Super Bowl last year. They had a top three offense last year. And a lot of that was predicated on the greatness of Travis Kelsey, who had one of the – statistically one of the best seasons ever by a tight end last year. And he is hardly the problem. But when you, a game like this where he, he does, he's looking, you know, he doesn't look quite like he has the same juice and he has that huge third down drop. He kind of redeems himself uh, late in the fourth quarter with the fourth and two reception to wipe out his drop. But he also uh, had that massive fumble for a team that is averaging. And this, this is of a season filled with wonky stats, the Chiefs averaging less than six points a game in the second half this year with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid calling plays. And a good offensive line. Uh, and a good offensive part. line and a, a solid running back and Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, they have absolutely uh, compromised their title defense by not putting a better supporting cast around him. And you could guarantee the Chiefs are going to work hard on that in the offseason. But in the, in the here and now, they're still seven and three. Um, you still kind of feel good about them uh, jockeying for the number one seed in the AFC. But, you know, how many of these games now are we going to see where there's just not enough explosiveness on the offense? Even take out the drops. How many times in this game is it taking Patrick Mahomes three receptions to get 10 yards? You know, like mm -hmm. the, everything is underneath and checked down and he's trying to make his magic. And then when he finally, and I'm, I'm watching the game with uh, my brother and my dad, he finally is able to really uncork one. And it's that beautiful ball to MVS. And it wasn't a perfect throw, but it was pretty close. I Certainly was, one that MVS close. should catch. And that's kind of his... That was what he was known for. That's kind of what got him running Green Bay. But you got to say, the Chiefs management and Andy Reid, like they brought him in. They brought in MVS and they brought in these other wide receivers that aren't getting the job done. So that is just something to keep an eye on going forward. Is there, is there a way to fix this offense? Because I don't know if there's a route going forward. It's now heading towards December. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's too late to uh, assume that can happen. I mean, I, I kind of, it's like we trust the coaching staff. You trust Mahomes to do something more than you'd expect with whoever's around him. But to your point, Dan, they've scored one fourth quarter touchdown all year. Um, that's atypical for the Chiefs and what you'd think of Mahomes. And to your point, Greg, like Watson had 11 targets tonight and just five catches. It wasn't like he was, you know, making a lot of production out of that. And I think it kind of wasted because... Uh, along with the the first half running game, it's like we are looking at a really special Steve Spagnolo led Chiefs defense that held you know the Eagles and J- and Jalen Hurts to twenty passing yards in the first half. They couldn't do anything on third down. They were sacked five times. Trent McDuffie's all over the place. Chris Jones is on fire, and it all vanishes because you'd expect that part of the ball, Mahomes and the offense, to take care of business, and they flittered it away. And it's just like it's such a shame because. We're about 10 minutes away from them having an incredible defense of the Super Bowl rematch, and it's like we're talking about something else entirely. Greg, Greg, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, one catch for eight yards. Well, it was – so the weather, you know, if you guys didn't watch this game, if you're listening to it, you know, the next morning in the U.K. or or wherever, the rain, I think, was a a pretty big part in why I I think the receivers all had terrible nights. It felt like – all the receivers were taking turns selling out their quarterback. Jalen Hurts' first interception comes on a play where A.J. Brown completely changes the route in the middle of it. He, he goes deep when when Hurts is, has no way to see him because of quick pressure, gets intercepted because of A.J. Brown, who also doesn't make a good play on a one-on-one play in the end zone that is kind of A.J. Brown's bread and butter and was on a good ball, and he, he just judged it poorly. So, like, the receivers were, were playing poorly all night, but I do give the Eagles defense or offense a little bit of credit here because ultimately it felt like they were out of it and their defense kept getting three and outs to start that third quarter. Then they put together a quick strike touchdown drive. And then right when it's going against them, Travis Kelsey, you know, they get that fumble. And what I think was the key play of the game until the MVS drop, fourth and four, Andy Reid at his 40-yard line chooses to punt it in the fourth quarter and the football gods don't like that Danny the football gods don't like it so they make that bouncing punt go into the end zone two plays later the Eagles have already made up that punt yardage four plays later they're in the end zone and they got the lead so as great as the Chiefs defense is it's still defense and if you give the Eagles enough chances over and over I give the Eagles some credit they kept going back to those screen passes it was driving me crazy but finally they hit one with DeAndre Swift and then Devontae Smith who was getting open all night he gets deep and Jalen Hurts hits him with a nice go ball I wrote in my notes on that on that fourth and four punt um in Eagles territory I think it was the 39 or something like that like uh, Greg is going to go nuts off this because yes. it netted only 19 yards. And then, but that is like, that was just like the second or third it's iteration. It's very Andy Reid, too. It's it was. And just Reed. letting them back into the game. And like, I mean, give some credit to the way that DeAndre Swift ran tonight. And then suddenly you started to see Hurts do it on the ground, too. And that drive changed everything. It's just like these key mistakes. And that punt decision was so atypical for 2023. No matter what school of thought you're in, it's like, be aggressive and attack because you've got the greatest quarterback in the league and you can make a play here no matter what's happened. And I thought that was just kind of like handing a chance back to an aggressive Eagles offense to say, come do what you can do. And they did it. It's why you need good receivers, Dan, because the e- only one receiver had a great night tonight. But it's really important to have high level players at that position. A.J. Brown couldn't get it done, but it was Devonta Smith. I think it was ultimately talent that sort of won out there for the Eagles that saved them. They did without yeah, Dallas he- Goddard, too. 
Mm. He made that. He made a big uh, catch downfield, the forty-one yard gain. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could say it was the weather, and it certainly wasn't great. But uh, a lot of these drops, man, you just you just gotta. And it was it was a great great environment. I thought you know, despite the weather, like it felt like a huge game. It felt like a playoff game. And I have to give some credit. I don't really like doing this, and I don't know why, but I also don't think I'm alone. Um, I know Keith Hansis feels this as well. I don't know about Nick Sirianni. He annoys me for some reason. I, there's something about him. He just, I just feel like ah, he's a little kind of, he's a rascal, that guy. You just I wanna, love I him. Just go, I love him for the same reason the why I probably annoy you, but I feel right. I, well, I love I could, him. Yeah, I could see why you would like him. Uh, but I think a lot of people um, feel the same way with the, some of his histrionics on the sideline. And I don't know, he's just got that face. He's got one of those faces. But, he's having fun out there. But. Oh, whatever. A lot of everybody's having fun, but something about him, you know, he's just a little tweaker. He's a little tweaker is what he is. But I will say this. You got to give him credit because, you know, this is not and, you know, if MVS makes that catch, whatever. Maybe it's a different story. It probably is. Maybe the uh, Eagles go they, down and score, by the way. They, they, they could. Only they absolutely could. Probably not, though. Not against these, these Chiefs. I think the Chiefs would have won the game. I think there was that big a drop by MVS, one that can define seasons. But. He lost his offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. He lost his defensive coordinator, Gannon. And this team is 9-1. and one. And Sirianni um, obviously has a good eye for talent for his coaching staff, and he knows what he's doing. And I don't know if he gets enough credit, maybe because everybody, like, except for Greg, kind of agrees. And he's just kind of annoying. You just want to just, just like swat him sometimes. But he is very good at this, and that's part of their success as well. They, they just have a very strong team that's built – for these crucible type games and moments, and you saw it again tonight. I thought that I thought that Sirianni though is the um, sort of a lightning rod who taught taught us a lesson that if you come in as a coach and your own social media staff does you dirty by making you look like a fool, uh, and when you come prancing around <laughs> the building on that opening sort of tour, and then you turn out to be a great coach, who you're right, they lost two good coordinators who look like good coaches themselves. That's a like a talent drain and well, Sirianni's well, kept yeah. it together. And I like Sirianni. I, I might be in the middle of you two, but I kind of like, I understand like the, the tears and all that stuff. And like some of the looks on the sideline, but like, I think he fits the Eagles and they you love to get on the man for crying during the national anthem. Oh, he, no, he definitely, he definitely fits. He definitely fits Philadelphia. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I'll leave it he, there. He's, he's a little, he's a little <laughs> extra. I, I definitely can, Admit Mark, don't that. you just want to give him a little slap, though? Just a little one sometimes. Like, so I, I just one. think he's grown on me because, like, something about the like the Eagles used to kind of annoy me in general. I couldn't quite place it. And he's made me a fan of them because of kind of what they did tonight to get out of the jams they were in. And he comes up with solutions. Well, they, But I know what you're saying, Dan. They're, they're really showing that they – because it's so hard to come back from you know, making the Super Bowl – and, and losing it and to come back and be nine and one despite not always playing their best and this gave that feeling too they got outgained by 100 yards but they've been in a lot of different situations this year they were down big to the commander i know it's the commanders but they were down big to the commanders a couple times won those games they've shown they can they're really good at front runners but they're also good in coming uh from behind this was a game and i, I if i was a chiefs fan i actually do take a lot of positives out of this game I think they won the line of scrimmage for the most part on both sides of the ball against Philadelphia. It's very impressive. Like Mahomes was protected well. You mentioned the rushing yards in the first half. It did dry up a little bit 
uh, Mark, but it was partly because they went away from the run. I, I was impressed, and I thought it was telling. Andy Reid went into the bye week. Everyone's, what's he going to do when he comes out of the bye? He's the magician coming out of the bye. And kind of what he did was like, actually, we can run the ball. We have no explosive plays. We're just going to be methodical and count on our defense, and we're going to run the ball. And they did that very well. And for them to get a lot more pressure on Hurts, they had five sacks in the first half. They won that matchup. Chris Jones was awesome for the most part. I know they ended up losing this game, but those are pretty good underlying signs that actually this Chiefs team up front probably has the best O-line, D-line combination they've ever had and maybe the best O-line, D-line combination in the entire NFL plus Patrick Mahomes. That's still a lot to work with, even yes. if you got some issues. I, I'm with you, with. and that was on display tonight, but I would also say that it's not like untrue what we talked about before. Like You've got issues at wide receiver, and we're not sure where we're at with Travis Kelsey. Like It leaves Mahomes on an island, yes. and you're not going to win every one of these matchups different ways. Spagnuolo is one of the reasons they had five sacks too. It's like they, in that first half, like, I mean, he's scheming them up so well. And like other teams can't do that against the Eagles, but I don't know. They were actually I'm, like I'd running the cons- ball on third and short. They weren't doing these crazy plays. They were just handing the ball off and they were gaining big yards. I was like, this is, this is progress. Yeah. Um, next week, uh, the bill, uh, the Eagles get the bills at home on Sunday and the chiefs are in Vegas for the Raiders. So, there you go. And I was thinking, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, Mark, um, think of it like a long leather glove, right? And you take it off finger by finger, and then yeah. you're holding it by like kind of the base of it, and you just like whack him in the face, and you go, just stop it. Oh, like an old-timey stop woman's like 1940s smack with her glove, like in the rain. Just, and it's just like, just stop it. <laughs> I don't understand what people want out of their coaches. I mean... If they're just standing there and they're boring, they're too boring. He he's out there living like he's living his life. He's he's leaving it all out there on the field. I like it. Uh, there could be you, some you tri-state area a, envy going on here too. But, I didn't yeah. know that it's controversial to think Nick Sirianni is a good entertainment. You're value. siding with a, a a mass agitator, Greg. I totally get why. <laughs> he I I will admit he is almost the the exact example of the type of guy that like if he's if he's your coach you love him uh if he's on your team you love him and if not maybe you're if you're against him he would drive you crazy guess what the eagles are my team i'm a closet eagles fan so uh i enjoy them quite a bit um all right there you go um great game wouldn't mind seeing them play again in february Mm. how about that oh what's that we had a we had a lock off for this for tonight we had oh. a Chiefs Sessler pick shaking his head. That's not a good sign. Yeah, we had a Chiefs pick for Mark in the Cincinnati Zoo, staying uh, staying on Greg's heels here. They locked up the Eagles. Man, I can't remember. And that's a bad beat, Mark. Um, just yeah. know that I probably would have won my fantasy matchup if MVS catches that ball. So we're both a little annoyed about how the end of that game played out. But um, but I got to say, uh, the West Brothers and, and uh, with the zookeeper, uh, Nick Wessling, Greg has run away with this thing, but at the same time, I can't remember the last time the Wesling brothers lost. Aren't they on a mighty streak of their own? I'm not running away. They're they're right. They're two back with with ten to play or whatever. That's not. Oh, running away wouldn't at that all. be delicious if that came down to the, that would the be. last couple of weeks? It'd be good for the show. And I like I was thinking about this tonight as I was watching the Chiefs fade off into the distance, um, along with my lock. Like I do take consolation. Do you remember back in 2016? Of course you will. Um, you remember how fourth place turned out and who got fourth place that you remember? 
What are you talking? I'm about? sorry, I don't know. Exactly. What comp- exactly. Uh, no one. No one is like in. No 20, one even remembers who in won 2029. Ah, no gotcha. one is going to remember my fate in this contest. I can. I can walk around. And Greg, I know that you can drive to the local Wendy's with your lock trophy, and they're going to give you all your um, food at half price. I'm sure that's how it works. But you know, outside of our little bubble, um, and I do. Enjoy, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm just. You know, I'm hitting out, but like I'm getting my butt kicked in the locks tournament, and I'm. You know. Ooh, I'm I trying to look realize. at it from I, a large, like a larger view. It's it has no meaning Greg, on Greg our society. Greg and uh, Mike Tannenbaum could like go to the friendlies in Western Mass and talk about how amazing it is with Greg's lock trophy. <laughs> I guess I'm losing my touch because I was, I was straight rooting hard for the Eagles tonight. If I had if I had known, I guess that it was Nick's team, then maybe I would have changed my mind. Oh, what a what a showdown no, that will no, be! I'm always I'm always always pro Eagles. What what a team! And I saw Nick did uh, did do a little trash talk uh, in that in that thread. Uh, it looks like Mark. I don't know. Well, no. So and I and I I know it's it's good to be competitive. But like the, literally the minute the game ended, he sent like three lock like uh, you know icons. It was like, all right, I, you had that thing planned for like twenty minutes. I get it, but that's right. fine. That's he and I are not very confrontational right with each other. I mean, we're we're pals. Well, it's sounding like uh, he got under your skin just like just a little. I it's was a little like, I was ended tonight. I come I, any chance of me doing anything ended tonight. I think. There's kind of like the the lock competition now as we head in you know deeper into the second half. It's like two Sirianis going off against each other. Only one can be on top at the end. <laughs> there are no winners in that competition. I I do want to say before we move totally off uh, this game, I actually think the Chiefs have as good or better chance to get the one seed than the Eagles, despite this loss. This was a, a bigger win, I think, for the Eagles. It was a bigger game, I think, for the Eagles than it would have been for the Chiefs just because of the schedules. That's it. I mean, they've survived the start of this gauntlet by beating Dallas and by beating Kansas City, uh, but it, it remains very hard. That Detroit's only one game back. San Francisco's hanging around. Dallas is hanging around. And Kansas City's schedule the rest of the season is Cupcake City. It, the only tough game really is is home for Buffalo, which is not a game that, you know, I, that they, they're they going to be underdogs or anything. You know, they're, they're playing at the Chargers week 18. You know, everyone's going to have their bags packed for the Chargers by that point. Like, I could see that the Chiefs either winning out or only having four losses. And I know they're not the one seed tonight. It's the Ravens, technically. Uh, but the Chiefs have a very good chance to be the one seed. Looks like you're coming around on my uh, take on the podcast last week. What was There's it? no good teams in the FC. So this Chiefs team with literally zero fireworks that averages five points a game in the second half. Yeah, they can get the one seed. <laughs> they have a great defense, a great head coach, a great quarterback, and a in a great offensive line. So yes, they have they have one pretty big weakness, you know, scoring points in the second. Half. But then your Ravens will still win the Super Bowl. No, your your Ravens will still win the Super Bowl as a second seed. Then when you look back at teams that win the Super Bowl, they're usually like thirteen and four, or sometimes they're twelve and five. You know, yeah. it's like they got to lose some games for that to happen. You know, it happens. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll hit the news <laughs> and then get on out of here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
All right, we are back. All right, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's hit some news, starting with my moribund New York Jets, who um, are having a historically poor uh, offensive season. And on Monday, they finally made the move that a lot of Jets fans have been asking for for weeks and weeks. Zach Wilson is on the bench once more, not just demoted to second string. He is now third on the depth chart behind Tim Do- Tim Boyle, who will start on Friday against uh, the Dolphins in the Black Friday game at MetLife Stadium, and Trevor Simeon, who had been signed from the practice squad, and he will be the backup. So Wilson is the uh, emergency quarterback, and quite possibly, and you know, this guy's got more lives than a cat, but quite possibly he's played his last game as a Jet. Here is Robert Sala talking about the draft process and what they might have done different uh, back in 2021. Robert, what do you believe you guys could have done differently uh, during the draft process when when evaluating the quarterback position? Um, you know what? I actually, uh, I, I've got my thoughts. I've shared them with Joe, but I'm, I'm not going to get into it here with you guys. Mm. That is that is a very strange, strange, strange answer from Sala, who, um, you know, has been a little inconsistent around this quarterback, quite frankly. He went from supporting him uh, deeply and fully as recently as, you know, about seven days ago to now with kind of that weird non-answer and using language that teams tend to use when they've given up on a QB. Like, I think he can be a good, good player you know, insinuating wherever that may be, but it won't be here. So that is uh, a move the Jets had to make. I I was raging, guys, about uh, I don't know if uh, I could watch another game, uh, and everyone should be fired if that guy is even on the field in the second half on against the Bills. So they did bench him in that game, and now they move him out of the picture. It's just all too little too late, in my opinion. Yeah, I think – well, you've you've clearly given up on him when he's the third quarterback behind Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. That's pretty dark. I mean, there there's a non-zero chance Zach Wilson never starts a game in the NFL again. I mean, there's a non-zero chance he's out of the league in two or three years. It happened to Blake Bortles, uh, another uh, top five pick. Uh, he'll get another chance on another team, certainly. But it'd be a surprise if he ever played for the Jets again. And And part of the issue is that it's Tim Boyle next or it's Simeon who is only on the team because he didn't make the Bengals. And like Tim Boyle is one of Aaron Rodgers' best friends. It's hard not to just find it bizarre that one of Aaron Rodgers' best friends is, you know, running, playing quarterback with Aaron Rodgers' favorite play caller calling the plays. It's just like, it's a little much. I just, I, I, this is another example of when in the press conference, the coach starts to use words and speak in a tone. I mean, there's clear frustration. Like you're basically back where you were a year ago with Zach Wilson and in organizationally, like, I think a more like, let's just take a fresh look at what we're doing and we're bringing in Aaron Rodgers. There's an opportunity to get a strong backup. And they spoke so strongly about sticking up for Zach Wilson and what he could be behind Aaron Rodgers. He's going to sit there, you know, danger free for two years and learn. Um, That's cool, but that's not how most of these seasons work for most of these teams. And I feel when I hear Sala speak that like Joe Douglas and Sala and fill in the blank quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and ownership are just not on the same page. And Sala's the one having to take the, take it up there verbally. Now I know he's also been inconsistent, but like he just sounds like unempowered 
And I don't, I just, mm. I think also he's looking at a quarterback that very likely could cost a lot of people in that organization jobs very soon. I'll leave it here. And this is uh, to Woody and Douglas and to Salah and Hackett and even a little bit to Aaron Rodgers. I'll quote the Joker you get what you deserve. And now let's see if you get to keep your jobs after the end of the season because it could get a lot worse before it gets better. Moving on, the San Francisco 49ers have lost a big piece. Also, my guy, you may return, remember from last year, uh, Talanoa Hufanga uh, is out for the year with a torn ACL in his right knee, suffered the injury against the Bucks on Sunday, and um, that is a big piece of their secondary, Greg, uh, that goes uh, to the wayside until 2024, so a challenge for San Francisco's defense. Yeah, I thought he he made progress this year, too. Last year, I know he was a second-team All-Pro, but there were a lot of big-time plays, and he was giving up a lot of big-time plays, and this year he was more consistent, and he he still was making the big plays. So he just has a physical edge back there. That's really the weakest part of their team, I would say, in general, is their secondary, and so that's losing a big part of it. They drafted a guy, Jair Brown, I think it was the second round. It was a it was a surprise pick. He came in on Sunday and made some plays, and everyone was excited about him. So uh, that's one where their drafting, their development will have to be spot on. And in the early returns, at least how he played Sunday, were pretty good. And we talked like about how the Bucks, you know, clearly it was like it would have been a lot for them to come back and take a lead in that game, but they kept knocking on the door, and they were right down by the end zone. There was a tip pass, and Jair Brown picked it off, and it's like. All right, there's a start there, and I think there's some promise with him. But like the Niners, I trust to like lose guys and like find a way back in. Dan, I have a point of correction. He Go was ahead. A third round pick, and we strive to be accurate here. That's very important. I would give you a really touchy high five if I was uh, with you right now. Joey Bosa of the Chargers limped off the field uh, against the Packers. On Sunday with a foot injury, he got carded. He had the towel in his face, and it all looked very bad. Uh, and it's not good. Um, not maybe end of the season bad, but it could be. Joey Bosa has a right foot sprain, which sounds awfully close. That dreaded harlot, that floozy, that scorpion woman, Liz Frank. But I'm not seeing that uh, as a, a, a term connected to this injury, but it's a foot sprain. So he is likely headed to injured reserve, Brandon Staley said Monday, which would put him out at least the next four games. And it will be determined, Staley said, if Bosa plays again this season. Greg, mm. this has been part of the Joey Bosa experience and you know it's going to be for whether it's the chargers or whomever else that's going to give him a massive contract because he's an elite player when it comes to doing what he does best and getting to the quarterback but you know this is a tough injury for a chargers defense that already stinks and uh it really is frustrating because post has missed a lot of time in his career yeah i i went and did the numbers randomly earlier this year because i started thinking about it this is his ninth season and this will be the sixth time in nine seasons, I believe, that he failed to top, ooh, what's the number, 400, 550 snaps, which you would consider like a part-time player. If you play half the snaps, it's about five, 500. So he has been less than a part-time player, less than half the snaps in six of his nine seasons. He He's had a great theoretical career. It, it would, I, I, You feel for, for him, and you certainly feel for the Chargers who gave him all that money. But he really hasn't had the career kind of that's in your head that you, that you think that he had because he just he just hasn't been on the field 
enough, and and I do suspect that they'll move on from him in the off season. Well, and we don't know who 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 like they is at this point too. It's with Telesco. That he's, well, yeah, right. I mean, well, I, I'm just not, saying, not like, him, he's been there forever. He's got Telesco's a Telesco's probably job, safe, but like it's this is he was there partially or this time around now for Brandon Stilley's defense as well. He's got a 36 million dollar cap hit next year, and he's not that easy to trade unless you want to take him some dead money. But we'll see. He's got zero guaranteed. This is crazy that like three seasons in a nine season career where he really stayed healthy. Uh, Other injury news, better injury news. The Ravens uh, told reporters uh, on Sunday that they thought Mark Andrews, season was over after the ankle injury that he suffered against the Bengal and that Bengals, uh, it was a Thursday injury, excuse me, their 34 20 win. Harbaugh gave a surprise update on the tight end Monday saying there's a quote, Outside chance they see him again. Let's hear from John. Nothing's completely definitive yet, uh, but my understanding is, in talking with uh, our trainer and the doctors, is that uh, it wasn't as bad as initially feared uh, right after the game, that there is, uh, there is the, uh, the type of damage that's done sometimes in that kind of a action, what happens to the ankle, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It's a little cleaner than they thought based on the MRI. He's going to be involved with... Uh, Dr. Anderson down there in Carolina, uh, uh, Charlotte here uh, next few days, and uh, that we'll know more. But there might be an outside chance he could get back at some point in time. So we'll just have to see how that goes, though. And I don't want to say that's definitive by any stretch, but there is some optimism. <laughs> Mark, is this take too strong? The Ravens cannot win the Super Bowl without Mark Andrews on the field. No, I think he's their North Star. But I also, the minute I heard this news, I had a vision of like, we're going to be tracking this for weeks, and like he will suit up and appear in time for like the f- crucial, you know, final game of the regular season or their playoff game. I can see that already. And I have, a, I have another, um, you know, I have a suspicion, you know, how people have, have questioned if Shakespeare was actually like maybe a collection of 12 to 15 writers, you know, he was writing like massive plays like every week, Do- Dr. Dr. Andrews, I'm convinced is just like a legal firm of like 22 doctors that do surgeries every week going back I don't know how many years. How many surgeries does this guy do? He's the busiest guy in the league. Everyone goes to him. Um, I wouldn't be convinced if there were if it was seven to eight people all you know collecting uh, massive paychecks. It's well, good take. ever, it's good ever take. since uh, Neil Architrage or whatever L Architrage, uh, I don't know. Uh, his name is Neil Elatrach. Okay, bro. <laughs> Actually, you got it. I've ne- never said that name before, and I realize I had no idea how to say it, but I've just seen it. Those guys, they hate each other. They see each other at the golf course, and he's like, oh, Andrews, <laughs> that guy. He's old Elitrach. time. Elitrach is bringing in the new, the new blood. I did Tom Brady's knee. Tough sitch when those guys are battling out, driving yeah. it past each other, and they're like Porsches. Um, they got Greg, Isaiah Likely. They're, they'll be fine in the meantime. Greg, who do the Seahawks get on uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving? They got the 49ers Thursday night. All right, that's a tough one, Ovs. Uh, and they expect Geno Smith, though, who banged up his elbow in the loss of the Rams to be on the field. So that's a good thing. And I'm going to double this one up. Uh, Mark, who's the backup quarterback of the Browns presently? Well, it sounds like it's going to be Joe Flacco very soon, and maybe P.J. Walker hits the skids behind DTR. Right, right now, technically, it's P.J. Walker, but Joe Flacco... Uh, old Stone Pony himself has signed Stone Age Pony. Cle- <laughs> Stone Age Pony himself has signed with the Cleveland practice squad. Um, you know, we've been covering Joe Flacco for a long time, but I will tell you this: 
Joe Flacco has got a special skill at this point in his career, and it is getting hit in the pocket and fumbling the ball. So I hope, Mark, for your sake, we do not see Joe Flacco on the field in meaningful snaps because that man is a human fumble machine. I do love that when the Browns um, tweeted it out, they went out of their way um, to the image of Joe Flacco in a Jets jersey. There's no way they're going to tweet out Flacco in a... He was like... He had, outside of Big Ben, he had the greatest quarterback starting record against the Browns of anyone ever in the modern times. And uh, it just seems like an ill fit to me. And he's also roughly 56 years old. So we'll see how that goes. Can I, I, yeah, and can I just throw out there, Mark? You may remember, you may not. Joe Flacco, one of the most unlikely Jet wins in team history, uh, 1-0 and against the Cleveland Browns as a New York Jet last season. I guess you bring him in for his information about what he can do for the Browns from the inside. I'm not. I'm not sure what's <laughs> they, happening here. They do play the Jets uh, later in a potential mm. DTR versus Tim Boyle primetime showdown. Uh, Pinch me. I I honestly would not be surprised if it's Joe Flacco by then because a it's just hard to stay healthy as a quarterback, and so we don't know if if the Browns will be able to stay healthy and. B, just depending on how it goes, man, this offense that they're putting together with DTR, it's just they're starting from the ground floor and they're they're putting different things together. And at some point, they they just might want to see how it looks with someone with experience. I just it just wouldn't shock you if at some point Joe Flacco plays for them. But I, I'm with you. I'd rather just see DTR go. The Patriots will decide their neck their starting quarterback in week twelve and perhaps beyond. Uh, after sharing reps in practice this week. That is depressing. Um, between uh, Belly Zappi and, of course, Mac Jones. Unless there's another guy in the mix. Greg, you could help me out with that. There, there is. I actually think Will Greer, uh, I, I would put money Ooh. on Will Greer starting games this season. Maybe not this week, but this season. Will Greer and Tim <laughs> Boyle making up 50% of the AFC's quarterbacks. That's rough. Uh, and finally, the NFL has suspended... 14-year veteran, that's unbelievable, 14 years, Kareem Jackson's been smoking guys on the field, um, and he was suspended without pay four games for repeated violations of player safety rules, uh, the result of a uh, pretty vicious hit on Josh Dobbs in Denver's 21-20 to win on Sunday. Mark, you were saying to me that um, real man football is missing, and, and you celebrate hits like that. Uh, that's what you said to me privately. Do you still believe that? Uh, now that we're sharing um, a conversation in public. Sure, absolutely. Why would I back down from that take that is so honest for me? He just came back from a suspension. He just appealed like another four-game suspension. He literally and now he got, he's suspended was again. suspended, played two games. It's like Mark's always like, hey, why don't you just put them in a skirt? And it's yeah. like that a little misogyny hey, uh, much. You know, how about a little flag football at this point? I thought our text threads were private, but here they are just getting verbalized. People were going, on wild, on, people were going wild on that Fletcher Cox uh, hit on Patrick Mahomes on that last drive, which, which set up that MVS hit, which was eh, it was borderline, but I wasn't going to go crazy about it. People All right. Crazy. And uh, finally, before we say goodbye, because it's absurd you know, I grew up on the East Coast, but, you know, uh, it's been a long time since I've been watching primetime on the East Coast. And we're taping this at 1218 in the morning. I have a flight to catch in the morning. Actually, I, I want to go back to the whole Will Greer, Zappy, Mac Jones thing for a while. Because <laughs> what it really says about the Patriots dynasty Take is that. Yeah, okay. Um, Mark, uh, you know, the, the Browns had another stirring win in week 11. And they are they are charging hard in the AFC. 
and they want to let people know the people who doubt them know, Hey, we might be down our star running back. We might be without our quarterback, but uh, we're still here and they're going to stick it to the people who doubted them. People like (laughs) Eric, this bizarre Seth spice combination. I mean, you got to check out the YouTube. You got to check out the YouTube, but they did the old thing with the, uh, sent out the tweet. Uh, I'm, I'm not being, I'm, I, we can't see what the uh, rounds tweet is based on what we're seeing around, but no, that was the uh, whole thing. The old, the old screen grab of uh, all the game preview picks. And there it is. Seth spike, Seth spice picking a 16, 13 Steelers win. And it just, you know, Mark, I don't even know what else to say, but I'll throw it to you. I have largely handed the operation over to the extremely knowledgeable spice rack. Um, in this case, you know, I let him make some, make, you know, if he, if he feels strongly, I'm going to go with it. I would say that's a, all right. The easy there, Brandon Staley, your name's on it. Let's take, no, some it is. But I would say that's a bad job by the, by the Browns with that tweet, because I get those things all the time. It's like when everyone picked team a to win and I'm a part of that crew. What, and that, well, how about, and how that, about this? In that collection, hey, half the people picked Cleveland, though. Yeah, I don't it's, understand it. Half the, the Browns social media needs to work on it. Half the people picked Cleveland in a game between two, <laughs> six, and three teams. What, what well, is all that points out is that, and look, Nick Shook's there. He picked his hometown team. By 10. Um, <laughs> but let's just, let's call a spade a spade. It, you know, if you're going to hand over the operation to someone else, Mark, maybe somebody that's capable because it looks like Spice Rack mm. might be in over his head. I think Spice Rack went like, you know, 14 and one the week before. So I don't, you know, we're, you know, it's more than learning on the fly. He's got skills. Let's check the data on that as well. It sounds like some classic Sessler inflation. (laughs) Right. Um, I think what you really need to do is go check out my picks on game day view, Mark, and you'll see I picked the Browns and maybe uh, I'm the biggest Browns fan now on the Around the NFL podcast. We got rid of uh, your old creep, creepy quarterback and, uh, I'm on the train. I I picked him in a nice little victory. Way to go, Greg! You're a valiant individual, and it, uh, there's no end to that to that uh, ability of yours. Greg, does the name Barry Horowitz mean anything to you? <laughs> Actually, no. I don't. I don't know anything. Yeah, right, you could look him up on Wikipedia. The real ones, no. Um, all right, good stuff. I got to go catch a bird, and I'll see you guys. Um, on Wednesday, we'll be back. It's a, it's a holiday week here in the States, Thanksgiving on Thursday. So the schedule for us actually is pretty similar. No, it's different actually, because the NFL must own every day possible, uh, especially during the holiday season. So we got, we're going to do our full preview of week 12 on, on the Wednesday show. And then Thursday, uh, we will enjoy time with our families and watch all the football, uh, and then Friday, we'll we'll have you uh, caught up to date with the recaps of the Thanksgiving games and also the Black Friday affair, the very, very Black Friday affair of the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and, uh, of course, the flagship show will return again on Sunday. That's it. That's the schedule. Sestog, you're back in the saddle, and there's no getting off, baby. I'm in control. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.